Am I still allowed to say that? I, I think I can say that. And Happy New Year? Or is it too early for that yet? Well, listen, either way, welcome in. It's the Glenn Beck Program. In today for Glenn, my name's Justin Barkley. we got a big show. Big arrest last night. Lots of conversations. Big stories you want to uh, talk about. Usually this time of year, it's kind of slow. But not now. Oh, it's like drinking from a fire hose. We'll get into it all. Big guests today on the show as well. Plus, I want to hear from you. We appreciate you being here with us. 888-727-BECK is the number. It's 888-727-BECK. Back after this on the Glenn Beck Program. It's Justin in for Glenn today on the Glenn Beck program. Uh, you know, like I said, this is a this is strange because it's normally the holiday season, and you get guys like me and some of the other great guests, the fill-ins here who come in. Well, Glenn has a well-deserved time off, gets well rested so he can be back and, and ready for the new year. You know, there's a lot goes into uh, to doing this radio program and all the things that Glenn does for us. But uh, you know, one of the things that generally this time of year is kind of slow in the in the news you know that's why you hear all this well it's the word of the year and here are the top stories of of 2022 and you know and so you get a little bit of that maybe we'll do a little bit of that today too just to do it but it's it these days you don't get the break that that you used to get from news at all we don't get the break from Anything that I don't know if it's is this a cycle, just the way things work because of we got social media and there, nothing really slows down, but there are constantly stories swirling. There's constant state of chaos that we seem to live in, and and <sighs> the news, the news doesn't take a break, and so that's why we're here, and we're glad that you're here too. I'm going to give you the number triple eight seven two seven back B E C K. You want to talk about anything today and join the program? We'd love to have you here. Um, but one other thing that I'd like to hear as we get into some of the bigger stories of the day today and and discuss what is top of mind here. I want to hear from you two things. Number one. I want to hear from you. What do you think the biggest story of the year was? Now, this is going to be hard. I've been thinking about what it might, you know, might be in that rotation. I've been thinking about what could possibly be 
you know, in that lineup. And there's a few of them, especially the stories uh, lately, what we've learned from Twitter and the Twitter files, Elon Musk, what's been happening with the the government behind the scenes. These are all things that we've for, you know, a long time pretty much. Yeah, we pretty much uh, we it's like we've wow. Well, we, we suspected some of this stuff, right? And we knew the whole time. We just, we just, we just now we have, we have, uh, well, confirmation, I guess you might say. A little bit of confirmation. So I, that might be one of them. What, wait a minute. What about the border? What about what's happening at the border? I mean, what's happening down there is absolutely transforming this country and uh, it's disaster for folks who are living right there, but not just for folks living on the border cities. It's disaster in the lives of many when you see the fentanyl coming across the border. The trafficking, drugs, humans, all of it. I mean, you, you got another major story there that, I mean, I, I don't know if we can wrap our heads around all of it. There's just so much to choose from when you look at some of the uh, bigger issues that are swirling from the last year. Was it the midterms? We didn't see the red wave that we thought we got more like a red trickle. Although the Republicans are taking back the House. Now, what they do there, <laughs> that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother thing altogether, isn't it? What they do there, uh, that's, yeah, well, that just remains to be seen. But you have you have all of these different stories. And in your situation and in your life, maybe there's a story, maybe there's something that's bigger for you than it is anywhere else for anybody else. And your 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 personal story, you know, the things that are happening in your life, maybe those they're different than we had a we had a little we had a little girl that was born. It's about to Two months back now. That's probably our big story for the year in our family. But I really, I'm serious. I wonder what you think, if you had to put your finger on it, the biggest story of 2022 is, and is it a story that that just isn't getting the coverage that it deserves? Maybe it's good news. In fact, I've got one of those coming up this hour that I'm going to share with you. I think some good news that we need to hear some things behind the scenes. People fighting back. Taking a stand. You often hear that stand up. What does that mean? Well, our guest coming up a little later this hour will be able to put his finger on it, tell you what exactly what it meant for him, what he put on the line, and how it's paid off. Sometimes it doesn't always work out that way. But this is good news. I want to share it with you because I believe... That story itself, that's a story that deserves a spotlight. Of course, we'll we'll get into that. But I'm really curious what you think the biggest story of the year is. You can tweet me at Mr. Justin Barclay. That's over on Twitter. In fact, you can connect with me everywhere. Justin Barclay, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y.com, JustinBarclay.com. And also um, at triple eight seven two seven Beck B E C K. Let me know what you think the biggest story of the year was. I've got some coming in right now, and there are a few here. There's there's a couple that I hadn't even 
Of course, I'm aware of these, but it just didn't come pop up top of mind for me right now. Some of these I think you might agree with. Biggest story of the year, and gosh, it may not be anything that, uh, that's that been covered on the nightly news or in your local paper. We'll talk about that. Big one last night, in fact. I don't know if you know who Andrew Tate is. Andrew Tate. It's interesting because I, I don't know much about the guy. I kind of know surface level things about him. He is a UFC fighter or a former UFC fighter. I'm not exactly sure. He's got a lot of different things that he does, apparently business and whatnot. But he's mostly well known on the Internet for saying things <laughs> that people, well, you're not supposed to say anyway. He's sort of a, and he's been canceled. And I don't agree with everything he says. Of course, I don't know why we even have to say that, because I don't agree with everything that anyone says, even some of my best friends and family. Of course, I don't agree with every. Sometimes I don't agree with everything that I say. <laughs> to think about it. I, you know, I, I, I get a little time between what I said, and I go, wiggle to think back about it, and I go, you know, maybe a little, a little reflection, some prayer. Maybe the Lord's working in me. I go, wait, wait a minute. Maybe, I, <laughs> maybe that wasn't right. But it's funny, you have to say that these days. Yeah, I don't agree with everything this person. So of course, I don't agree with everything. But at, at the end of the day, very interesting, controversial figure, they say. Arrested last night, human trafficking charges in Romania. But there's a little bit more to this story. We, we'll, we'll discuss this coming up in, in just a moment. In fact, somehow, after being arrested, he ended up on Tucker. We're talking with Tucker, and it's it's a just a wild story, but it's one that, true to form, to close out the year may be the best way to do it. I I just not sure. Triple eight seven two seven Beck B E C K is the number. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Back in just a moment. Barkley and for Beck today on the Glenn Beck program. What was your Christmas gift this holiday season? If you missed out on GenuCell's best sale of the season, they've extended it for one more week. I know you didn't forget a present for your wife or your mother, right? That wasn't you. Please, was your present a home run this year? Did they ooh and ah when they opened up the toaster or the costume jewelry? If not, listen up. GenuCell's most popular package is 70% off right now at GenuCell.com slash Beck. You can treat yourself or a loved one to the absolute best skin care in the world. See those troubling forehead wrinkles, the fine lines, skin redness, pesky bags and puffiness, and yes, even a sagging jawline disappear before your eyes. And that sounds like a big claim. Of course it does, but they guarantee it. With its immediate effects, you can see results in less than 12 hours, guaranteed or your money back, and included in every most popular package is your free hyaluronic acid serum for skin hydration that will restore your appearance right now. Enter the special code BECK for an additional 10% off your entire order. Every order today is instantly upgraded to free express shipping at genucel.com slash BECK. It's G-E-N-U-C-E-L dot com slash BECK. Now, more on this, uh, this Andrews Tate story, which is a guy who's been uh, canceled and you know, got booted off all the social media. Apparently, he was uh, arrested last night. Get into that coming up here in a second. Your biggest story of 2022. Maybe we're, you know, we, we're not even giving it the, the coverage it deserves. Want to hear from you on that. 888-727-BECK-B-E-C-K. It's Justin Barkley in for Glenn Beck today on the Glenn Beck program. You can also tweet me 
on the newly freed bird uh, at Mr. Justin Barkley there and nearly everywhere else on social media that we could we could find. Um, <laughs> so you can also connect with me uh, at uh, justinbarkley.com. Great place uh, to do that. All those different places. So I want to ask, because th- there's some other really good stories in here about what may be the big story of the year. <laughs> there's some really good ones. There's some really good ones in here. In fact, uh, the power grid, this is one Ladina mentions, the power grid being attacked. Boy, that's a big story, folks. The power grid being attacked, and there's not really a lot of talk about that that along with the fires and some of the things we've had some of the food processing plants that that could be a major interruption or disruption could be some probing for for bigger attacks yet to come and yet we don't they're more concerned it seems like anyway i don't know it seems the powers that be are more concerned about parents speaking up at school board meetings for you know, the sexualization of their kids and the things that are happening. They're more more concerned about that than they are anything else. They want to go talk to those folks. We, maybe they're looking into it. I don't know. I don't know. The, the, the extremist, I don't know. Maybe it's, I don't think it's the parents at the school board meetings that are involved in the power grids. That, that probably not, not the story. It's It's... I think it's a big one. Yeah, gas prices, that's another way. It's fuel, energy, all of it. Folks stuck in their, see that? Folks stuck in their Tesla the other day. I was trying to get home for, for Christmas Eve. A guy got stuck in his Tesla. Wouldn't charge. It was too cold. Big story for Democrats. Uh, and I don't know. This, to me, seems more like a fizzle. But I, I think the, the, the Democrat-led House, for now anyway, releasing Trump's tax returns, which I've kind of just glanced over and, Seems to be much ado about nothing. Those coming out this morning. So they'll they'll be talking about that. That'll be the big story for them today. Oh, we got finally got him. We finally got him. <sighs> we try. Well, we finally got every time. Every time here. So finally, we finally got him. They finally got him now. Last night, Andrew Tate, speaking of uh Getting him. I don't know why this has become such an interesting story, but um, there's there was so much last night on Twitter and the internet about this, the, the possible arrest, and of course they showed video of him and his brother being taken. There was media there out of their house, but they didn't have handcuffs on. So if they were allegedly arrested for, you know, trafficking and there was a allegation of a rape or somebody being held inside a house you know with, without their well this I, this could happen to anybody yeah i know it, it's a especially somebody so high profile and he just had some crazy exchange with Greta Thunberg on uh, on twitter apparently i guess it was that day or the day before and uh, that was a big, so that was a big part of the speculation about, I wonder why this happened. But then again, last night, it appears this was last night, Tucker Carlson today, Tucker Carlson talking to Andrew Tate, who is not in jail. 
Oh, this is an August interview. Just take a listen to this. This is something that happened to him previously, apparently. Take a listen and see. This is the uh, Tucker Carlson Tonight interview, apparently, that was done about some of these things that have happened to him before. So is is he in jail or not? And what's the story? We're still waiting to hear. Oh, so news accounts in the United States say that the U.S. Embassy in Bucharest, Romania, was tipped off to your misdeeds and alerted the local authorities you might be committing human trafficking. Um, given that this is the same charge they leveled against Julian Assange or a species of it, you know, skeptical, but I, I want to know the details. Were you arrested for human trafficking? What, what happened? Yeah, I was not arrested. So what happened is I suffered from a case of swatting. It's very popular with people who are large on the internet. Many large YouTubers have been swatted. It's where you call the police and you say somebody has a gun or there's a hostage situation and the SWAT team arrives. Somebody made a phone call to the American embassy saying that I was holding women at my house. Now, this is previous. Then I know that there's a further investigation. The police arrived. And let me state this now. I state this uh, openly to the world. I have absolute respect for the police. I would hate to live in a country where if you call the police saying women are being held against their will, that the police don't respond. That would be terrible. Of course they should come and look. Absolutely. They turned up. They investigated. They realized that nobody was in the house against their will. There was no crime committed. They said, okay, you're not a suspect, but you are a witness to this, along with me, my brother, the housekeeper, uh, the gardener. Everybody who was in the premises at the time was labeled a witness. We had to go to the police station for 45 minutes for pieces of paper. We filled them in and we were let go. I was swatted. Nobody was hurt. There's no human trafficking. Now, oh, that, so that, that, that was back in August. So, again, if he's guilty of that, him and his brother or whatever, anybody who's guilty of human trafficking, any sort of that, uh, if, of course I want to see them locked up and, and probably worse. <clears throat> but there's a lot of question about this. And in fact, Tucker mentioned his skepticism back in uh, August, I guess, in the interview that he had done there. The, the questions continue to come out. People are asking, well, you know, what what exactly happened? Why now? What a peculiar story, and what a way to end again the year, which has been so strange. You know, just uh, just just to name a few of the crazy things that have that have happened this year. Oh, by the way, you know we were going through these, and I've I've got more. We'll go through them today, throughout the show. Plus, I want to uh, I want to take your predictions. So I got, I'm kind of, I got two things that I want from you today that I'd love to hear you join the program. If you're triple eight, seven, two, seven, B E C K back. Not only would I like to know the biggest story, but also what about a prediction as hard as it might be? What about a prediction? Cause we've seen what we've seen, but what about a prediction for the new year? Let's go to Michael in Florida. Biggest story of the year, Michael, whether it's being covered or not. Welcome. You're on the Glenn Beck program. Hey, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. My pleasure. Okay. So, um, you know, I feel like the biggest story of the year is that people are finally waking up to the fact that we've been presented with a meticulously managed psychological operation to convince us all that everything has failed in an effort to bring new systems to our world. I think people are red, blue, Democrat, Republic, Republican, doesn't make a difference. Folks are waking up to the fact that 
due to staged events promoted by corrupt media, we are now uh, being divided and demoralized in an effort to have us willfully adopt technocratic Marxism. This is coming our way, Mm -hmm. and this is rather frightening. So if I'm going to make a prediction, I think more people are going to wake up to what's happening this next year. Michael, from your mouth to God's ears, I I hope that does happen. That's the only way we can take this country back, is if people are aware, if they are uh, awake, so to speak, not woke, but actually awake to what's happening and how we can fight back. 888-727-BECK. Beck is the number. Back with one man who is. He fought back, and we'll give you some encouragement. The good news coming up on the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. Barclay in for Beck today on the Glenn Beck program, the last show of the year. And, uh, and we're, we're going out with a bang. At least we're attempting to. What is the biggest story of 2022? One of the questions I'm asking this morning. Got a lot of great answers so far. 888-727-BECK. 888-727-BECK. B-E-C-K. And then the other question I have for you is predictions. Like, what is your prediction for the coming year, seeing all the craziness that we've seen the last few years. What do you predict coming out? And I'll keep track of these. And if I have the honor of filling in again, I did. I think I did this show last year uh, for Glenn and the team. So if I honor of filling in again next year around this time, we'll pull out some of these predictions and see if you nailed them. Um, all right. So let me get to a couple of those real quickly. Let me do... Samuel in Virginia first. Sam, appreciate you joining us this morning. The Glenn Beck Program. Yes, hello. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call. What's your biggest story of the year, Sam? Uh Uh-oh, looks like we're losing. Sam, if you get a better connection, you can call us back. We'll try Glenn in Ohio. Your biggest story of the year, and you have a prediction to make too, Glenn? Yes, I do. I think the biggest story of the year is an administration that facilitates actively and knowingly the commitment of high crimes and misdemeanors at the southern border. Yeah. And my prediction is that all of the uh, negative information regarding COVID, the sudden deaths and heart attacks and 35-year-olds just dropping dead all over the place, the media is going to hold their powder with that information until Donald Trump gets into the next election cycle. And will they use it against him at that point? Yes, they will. Yes, they will. <sighs> Am I interested? The question is going to... Uh-oh, Glenn, I think I lost you there. Yeah, yeah, <clears throat> that's okay. So it's, sometimes we have that with the cell phones. But, I, you know, it's a very interesting point. You see a shift in the narrative sort of changing with the COVID, the Rona report, et cetera. You're seeing that shift happen. Um, little sort of cracks in the armor, so to speak, or in the dam. It's in, in, it drips and drops, and then eventually that thing breaks. And will they then use the very thing, take pretty much... Some of the folks in the media are responsible for some of this. In fact, I got a report, some of the things coming out of China right now and across the world, 
China's got a whole... Th- it basically proves that lockdowns didn't work. I mean, what's happening right now in China basically proves that lockdowns are just completely in effect. Not even, not only that, but they may have done more to damage this country from a health perspective. And then you get into the economics of it and what the kids went through and how many excess deaths we had and then everything else on top of it and the folks who are dying suddenly and unexpectedly right now. Holy cow. Yeah, and you talk about a story. Speaking of those lockdowns and a story, in fact, there's some good news to some of the horror stories. You've heard them all that have come throughout the last couple of years. A few states really had it bad. Not many nearly as bad as we did here in Michigan. I'm broadcasting in Grand Rapids in West Michigan. At WOOD, that's a news radio with 1300 and 1069 FM. And of course, my honor and pleasure to be here with you. But one of the stories coming out of Michigan was the restaurants that were shut down and the businesses that were crippled and people lost them. Of course, you've got what happened to the kids. But one of the business owners decided to stand his ground. He would not back down. His name's Ian Murphy. He owns the Iron Pig in Gaylord in Michigan. Ian joins us right now to talk a little bit about what he went through, but there's some good news that he's going to share today, too. He just won a big fight, and I think it's important for us to hear this not just here in Michigan, but across the country when it comes to standing up for what's important and, of course, your principles. Ian, appreciate you joining us on the Glenn Beck Program. Good morning, Justin. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. So let's walk through this. You know, there was a time, been Gretchen Whitmer, the governor here, the uh, the Wolverine Queen, as they call her. The she, she was making these edicts about places like restaurants, particular, that were really under fire. In fact, you could eat inside, but only if the inside was outside. There was a time they had these igloos set up and these little outdoor huts and like it was just insanity and people that that were able to think critically at the time were saying that what are you doing to our restaurants some of these places uh, just went through hell and back and barely made it but you decided you were going to stand up through it all what did that look like for you uh it's been it's been a crazy crazy journey for the last just over two years now yeah um you know when they shut down restaurants again end of november just before thanksgiving in 2020 we stayed uh, we stayed closed for the first week waiting you know for some kind of news some kind of aid package something and um you know all the lawmakers and governor and everybody decided to go on thanksgiving vacation and yeah. just you know basically left us out to flap in the wind so i just kind of you know we had originally a buddy of mine and i we were we were gonna we were actually in the middle of putting up wrapping paper on the front windows and we were going to kind of go under the radar. And I just decided, you know, this just doesn't feel right. So I called the health department, our local uh, health officer and said, you know, tomorrow, the day before Thanksgiving, which is, you know, one of the biggest bar nights of the year. I said, listen, you know, we're, we're going to go out of business if this keeps up like this. So you're kind of forcing us to, to open back up. And that's what we did. And the next morning at about 1115, the health department was there with a cease and desist. Uh, they wasted they wasted no time. 
Um, and then the Liquor Commission followed that, and then the Department of Agriculture followed that. Uh, OSHA followed that as well. I mean, they were bringing the full force of government down on you, and every vice and grip they could find to tighten on you, they were trying to get you from all angles, weren't they? Yeah, and they they knew from from the beginning that those of us that have liquor licenses, um, you know, those are coveted. So they knew that they could use that as as the hammer over those of us with those licenses. Um, And they were very, very effective at doing that. And ultimately, they kind of used us as uh, an example and suspended my liquor license for 90 days and gave me a $600 fine. Um, What we would find out later on is that January 6th of 2020, while we were still open against the health department orders but not serving liquor, we had surrendered our liquor license, we had taken the fine, we were still under the suspension order, they came back in January 6, 2021, and did an undercover seeing. Now, this is the Liquor Commission, and cited us again with another violation, basically for just being open. We, they didn't cite us for serving alcohol without a license. So it had nothing to do with liquor. It's just the fact that you were open. The governor, governor said you shouldn't. By the way, I should also mention here, folks, that the Michigan State Supreme Court at one point uh, they ruled on this and that the, what the governor had ordered at one point, these shutdowns and whatnot, that they were illegal. They were unconstitutional. She then moved to the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services without her mantle. And by the way, this woman got reelected in a state. I have no idea how, <laughs> how that yeah. happened. But, but Ian, we this is... And 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 found that she had actually been using the emergency orders of the health department law that we ended up challenging in court and got ruled unconstitutional, just like the Supreme Court ruling you're referencing. And the majority of our case uh, stems from that certified questions October 2020 Supreme Court case um, and got a brilliant ruling from Judge Hunter right here, literally across the street from the Iron Pig, in uh, circuit court. Mm-hmm. So we went through various things, you know, uh, the health department, Dana Nestle's office, the attorney general, they appealed judge Hunter's ruling. Um, they went right up to the Supreme court. Uh, they tried to bypass the court of appeal. So the Supreme court has actually chimed in on this and they said they view it as certified questions, the sequel. Now, a lot of things have happened in the last 60 days. Um, and, and one of the big ones was they gave up their appeal, which they were appealing Judge Hunter's ruling to the Court of Appeals. They gave up that appeal. So that's a, that's a big win. But just recently, I received a letter from the Liquor Commission via Dana Nessel's office, which has some sort of gambling and uh, liquor division, apparently. And this nice little letter said, um, we are no longer going to be seeking charges against you for the January 6, 2021 alleged violation. Uh, no further action at this time. So they gave up their appeal uh, on Judge Hunter's unconstitutional ruling, and then they gave up. So the other thing that they had holding over us was this other liquor license violation. So they just so, gave that up last week. So so, so this is a big win, it, it would sound like, under your belt in this battle to stand your ground, stand up for, for running your business and to, and to be open to feed the, the folks there in, in Michigan. But not only that, but to feed your family. 
Um, this is a big deal, but this isn't it. You, you've you've stood up. You've you stood your ground here. Uh, Ian Murphy, the Iron Pig in Michigan, uh, Smokehouse. You risk it for the brisket. Yes, sir. <laughs> and uh, and and it worked out. Apparently, you guys are fighting back, though. You're doing something else. There is a class action lawsuit. Yeah. So, you know, the, the end goal really for us is, is to have make sure that the unconstitutional ruling is is ultimately upheld by the Supreme Court. So that's one mm-hmm. thing. The other thing that we want to do is hold some people accountable. And, you know, as well as I do, that that money talks. And right now, what we're attempting to do is form a class action lawsuit to take to the court of claims and sue Gretchen Whitmer, Dana Nessel, Bob Gordon, and Elizabeth Hertel in their official capacities as it relates to the use of this now unconstitutional law in Michigan. And by the way, Justin, they're still using this health order, this emergency order right now for vaccine mandates in nursing homes. So it's, it, we're going on two, almost three years now that they'll, you know, coming in March, it'll be three years that they're using this health order that is now unconstitutional. Yeah. But they're still doing it. Uh, Ian, Ian Murphy uh, and the Iron Pig Smokehouse in Michigan standing up fighting back. So we're going to have to wait to see how the class action plays out. I know you're going to, you're not, you're not. You're not slowing down anytime soon. I don't get that feeling. I just want to ask you, because this is not a Michigan issue. This is an issue that folks all around the country are are having the fight to struggle, to battle with over the last couple of years. But I think even more so as we get into the uh, the, the years to come, we're at the cusp of a new year here. None of this is going away anytime soon. What do you say to folks who are, Deciding probably at some point here in the future, if they haven't yet, they're going to have to make a, a decision about how they're going to stand for their principles, for their family, for their business, for whatever it might be. What would you say to folks? You know, what was it that moved you to do that? And um, any encouragement or advice? Uh, I, I was raised a certain way to challenge authority, um, <laughs> usually in a respectful way. But at the end of the day, it really was, like you said, it was for my family. It was for our family here, our employees at the Iron Pig. And it was a risk that we had to take. And at the end of the day, I would have rather had stood up for what I believed in, which was these things were wrong and there was certainly a better way to go about it. And I would say to everybody that is listening that might be in or see themselves in a situation like this moving forward, don't give up. Uh, Stand up for yourself. We did, and it paid off. Our customers have come in in droves. 2021 was our best year on record. 22 was outstanding. 2023 looks to be even better, and we're hoping to expand. Um, but what I do want to say real quick while I've got you is anybody in Michigan that is looking to join our lawsuit, our class action lawsuit, to go to fight, the number four, Michigan.com. There is a form you can fill out to join. Anybody that is looking to join this class action should go to fightformichigan.com and let's get as many restaurants at least as we can. Some gyms have already signed up as well, but we're going to start to sift through this information and figure out and form the best class that we can so we can go sue the pants off the people responsible for destroying the restaurant industry in this state. And it still are. You know, there's an employee uh, uh, minimum wage law that's being enacted here pretty soon that's just going to destroy our industry. 
Ian Murphy, the fight continues. TheIronPigSmokehouse.com. We appreciate you taking the time. If you're in the area there in Gaylord, Michigan, or you're coming through on vacation, stop in. Ian, thank you for being here with us. Thank you for continuing to fight. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate everything. You got it. God bless. There you go, folks. Just one of the folks that's decided to stand up. Talking to you next, 888-727-BECK, B-E-C-K. Biggest story of the year predictions for next year. We'll get into it all. Justin Barkley in today for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. And for back today on the Glenn Beck program, talking about the biggest stories of the year, some big ones. I don't even know if we've begun to scratch the surface on some of these. But you can always catch up with Glenn and the program no matter what. Get your podcasts wherever podcasts are downloaded. And the glennbeck.com website. Always catch up with the news at the Blaze. Of course, it never stops these days. It's like drinking from a fire hose. Always an honor and a privilege. You can catch up with me. Let's connect. Justin Barclay, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y, justinbarclay.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. It's Barkley in for Beck today as we get ready to ring in the new year, 2023, and we say goodbye to 2022. Usually this time of year is kind of slow, especially in the news cycle. Well, not, not these days. It's like drinking from a fire hose. But those stories continue to come true. I want to talk to you about what you think might be the biggest story of the year, even though we're not done yet. It could, could drop between now and when the ball does. Plus, I want to hear from you on predictions. 888-727-BECK is the number. And we continue. We're joined by Harmeet Dillon with one of the biggest stories of the year after this on the Glenn Beck Program. folks hanging on and uh want to get to you on the phones at 888-727-BECK and maybe even a prediction for next year one of the stories that uh, that uh, just dropped <laughs> is uh, or trump's tax returns oh yeah they finally got him folks don't you know they finally, they finally this is it they're gonna get him so they've released these the democrats in the house released these last minute on friday before the end of the year, you know that's so you know there's nothing in there. There's nothing. It's a big nothing burger, just like everything else. 
But, uh, you know, they finally got him again. Here we go again. So, of course, folks are combing through it right now, trying to figure out what, you know, if there's anything worth talking about in there. I will tell you that, uh, I again, uh, this is just like everything else in my book. I, I Don't hold your breath. Let me just put it that way. Another big story somebody mentioned uh, over on Twitter, at Mr. Justin Barclay on Twitter. You can connect with me anywhere, justinbarclay.com if you want to connect. Send me a message as well. Your predictions, your big story. But say the, the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, this is the thing about this year. There's been story after story after story. And I often say it's like drinking from a fire hose. I mean that. They come at you so fast and furious. I think part of that is intentional. They don't want us to be able to catch your breath and really think about, process what is happening. Harmeet Dillon joins us right now with a big story. In fact, a big win. A win for Trump. A win for justice. In the uh, January 6th committee, uh, rescinding that Trump uh, subpoena. Harmeet, appreciate you joining us today. Uh, thanks for having me. So give us the history. Just brush us off on some of this. Uh, obviously, been an attorney for President Trump. And, uh, in fact, you're you're also running for to, to be the chair of the RNC. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a little bit. But... Uh, just give us sort of the brush up on this story and, and the big win. Well, sure. So as we know, most of the last uh, two years in the House has been dominated by this January 6th committee, which supposedly was to fact find for legislation, which is really the only legitimate purpose of a House hearing. But in fact, they hired Hollywood producers and they had, you know, various breaks and interruptions and all this drama. It was basically a long extended ad for Democrats as to, you know, why Republicans should not win the 2022 election and President Trump should never be allowed to hold office again. And so that was kind of the, the purpose of it. And you would think that if that's the purpose of it and they really want to, you know, hold people accountable or what have you, they would actually subpoena the star witness you know, pretty early on in the process, right. uh, that is a year and a half ago. In fact, they didn't do that. They dragged a lot of other folks through the mud, including a lot of my colleagues at the Republican National Committee. Um, they had a lot of testimony. And then after they produced the one piece of legislation out of this committee, um, the Electoral Count Act, then in late October, they issued a subpoena for President Trump. Mm. And so, you know, President Trump's team uh, hired my law firm, mainly my, my two partners on the East Coast handled this case. And we negotiated with them and said, hey, you know, this subpoena is very overbroad. And, you know, this is, you know, really not warranted by any proper purpose of Congress and so forth. And, and so, you know, we weren't able to reach an agreement. So we went and filed a lawsuit in federal court in, uh, in Florida to, to, to quash the subpoena, to basically say that the subpoena is, as a matter of law, is illegitimate. It's not properly issued. It's overbroad. It also, most importantly, violates separation of powers. And, you know, in that, we were citing the fact that d dating back to the beginning of the, our republic, a former president or even current president has never been forced to testify in Congress. It, Congress is a co-equal branch of our government and, you know, the executive branch has its own prerogatives. And so um, we made that argument in court. We served the House uh, Democrats in the House committee in, in a prompt fashion. And they chose not to 
you in court. You know, they could have shown up and gotten a ruling from this federal court. They could have moved to dismiss the case. They could have defended their subpoena. They could have, uh, in other words, staked out their position. But they didn't. They let the year lapse without showing up in court to defend their subpoena. And then they quietly withdrew the subpoena uh, two, two evenings ago on Wednesday <laughs> evening. We got an email from the House saying, hey, by the way, that subpoena, don't worry about it. We're, we're withdrawing it. So what is my takeaway from all of that is the whole thing was a made-for-TV charade. They never actually wanted or thought they were going to get this testimony. They knew that constitutionally it was infirm. And, you know, they, they cost so many people millions of dollars to produce this report that is not a document that really i think holds legislative weight at all it's it's a it's a political document and that is a total abuse of process of of uh, of congress and so you know it ended up happily in this case but all of uh, my friends at the rnc and so many others who were spending their own money to come before this committee uh you know it was it was it was such a huge waste of resources all around yeah, and it's par for the course for what uh, what they've been up to here. Um, it's it's the latest, but a big win, and we we move forward. Part of that moving forward is we've been looking back at the last year, but uh, big stories and maybe predictions for the new year. You're running to be the chair of the RNC right now. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about that because uh, you know folks are you know they're looking for change. That's one of the things that we continue to hear about. Um, you are, you know, you're talking about this. What are you looking to to do to change party leadership? What do you want people to help, you know, you do with that? And, and how would you like to make that happen? Well, well, thank you. So we've had um, the same chair, Ronna Romney McDaniel, for six years at the RNC. And she actually, you know, did not have a contested election at that point, she was the chair of the Michigan GOP when uh, President Trump was running in 2016. And, uh, you know, she helped deliver Michigan for him uh, and famously invited him there many times. And as a result, he did win that state. And so she was rewarded for that by President Trump in, in installing her as the chair of the RNC. This is this is typical in our in our party structure. But, you know, he's endorsed her several times after that, and, and now she served six years. And in those six years, we've lost the House, the Senate, and the White House. And that's no one person's fault or, you know, specific policies that we can point to, you know, that are necessarily responsible for that. But when you're the leader of a party and the party continues to sort of not win elections and the same policies are in place, you know, we're not engaging in early voting coaching of our um, of our state parties or training people on ballot harvesting and and um, and chasing ballots and ballot curing, which is what you have to do to compete with the Democrats, whether we like these laws or not. And we don't like them at the Republican Party. But, um, you know, until you can change those laws, you have to take advantage of them. We have not been leading on that issue. Uh, we are not motivating our voters to get out and vote frankly, with our with our rhetoric or our uh, reference to our policies, we're not drawing a sharp contrast between ourselves and the Democrats. I think ever since dating back to the Russia collusion hoax, at the party, we've actually been letting the Democrats set the stage. We've been letting them set the tone. We've been constantly reacting to their propaganda and lies and, and, and bad policies. And as a result, we have lost touch with our base. 
um, our base is not happy with us. And that's what I hear as a, as a media commentator and as a Republican activist who's also active on social media. I hear from hundreds, if not thousands, of Republicans on a weekly basis what they think and what they'd like to see us doing better. And, you know, it's not breaking through at the party level. The party is very top down. And it has been that way since before Rana. I would say, you know, there's been no contested leadership election in 12 years at the RNC. Hmm. So that's that's the background. Now, what I would like to see change is we have 168 very um, qualified members of the RNC with a lot of different skills. Some of us are good in communication. Some of us are good in data. Some of us are good in strategy, uh, fundraising, you name it. And so we immediately should be harnessing more of that energy. We have to be competing with the Democrats to get our ballots into the ballot boxes mm. as early as possible in the process and not emotionally appealing and, you know, putting out expensive ads that political consultants get their 15% cut on and just hoping that people will show up. I mean, the Democrats had Katie Hobbs and John Fetterman and Joe Biden elected. Mm. So I think that proves that you can get a absolute nothing burger elected if you have the mechanics to do that. And we have good candidates. We have better ideas. We have better policies, but we don't have that infrastructure that the party should have been building all these years. And so that's one thing I would do better communications and, 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 you know, overall freshen up the party's image. I think that that's needed for confidence of our voters. And so many members of Congress and senators and even major donors have been calling me and saying, thank God, somebody's stepping up for a change. You know, we, we don't wish anything negative, about you know the, the 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 current incumbent it's just that if you have an organization that has been stagnant for some time be it a corporation be it a sports team be it a political party you have to have change and and if if our chair were to get the fourth term she'd be the longest serving head of political party uh dating back i think over 150 years so you have to ask how do we have the results to merit that i don't think so you know, uh, one of the things we hear in Michigan, uh, where I'm based, is a lot about grassroots and the and the, the getting the grassroots together, working with so-called establishment and folks in there. Grassroots wants to take back the party. What does that look like, and how do you get those two together? And and is it is that possible? I think you, you really need them both uh, in order to compete. You know, somebody told me this the other day. Great question. What's a Democrat word for rhino? There is none. <laughs> they don't, exactly. They, they don't have it. So, uh, so, so, you know, what? What's your what's your answer to that? I mean, I, how do we do that? Well, look. I mean, it, you, you can't have the shareholders running the corporation directly if it's a you know public corporation. There have to be some layers of management, and there have to be some professionals who are hired to do the work as well. And so, the question is, what do we have right now in the party? I think we have. You know, I mean, you know, Rana was going into this election before I entered it with pretty much, you know, two thirds of the members of the RNC saying, yeah, this is great. Let's have two more years of this. OK, so what does that tell you when 100 percent from what I'm seeing of polls out there of the base of our party of members who are contacting the members of the RNC? They're saying we want change. Literally, I mean, that's every email I'm getting is saying we want change. Nobody's saying let's have two more years of the same. And so we've lost touch with the grassroots of our party. And that is, I don't want to bore your listeners with arcana of how people get elected to the RNC, but, you know, with, with, with myself, I'm in a four-year term. So I got elected in, in 2020. And, 
you know, I could do anything I want pretty much unless I'm recalled, which never happens. Um, for, for four years, I could ignore the grassroots and, and I would never be held accountable for that. And that's exactly the situation that we're in, in the party. And so the members of the RNC are not even elected directly by Republican voters. Republican voters elect their state party. And so I'm one of those people. I'm in the state party um, as a delegate to the state party. And then the state party delegates or precinct committee men or however the structure is in the state, they elect the members of uh, the RNC. So what we are seeing in the, in, around the country, interestingly, is those state parties are beginning to revolt. And, you know, in some states, they're holding meetings, they're asking for a vote of no confidence in the chair, and they're asking for uh, a change in leadership at the RNC. And so that's actually been a pretty impactful, and I've never seen that in my all my years of Republican activism. I've never seen that kind of revolt at that political grassroots level in the states. And, and that's encouraging, you know, do we have enough time to pull this off? I've Certainly, I'm picking up steam amongst um, members and calling them and spending most of my day on the phone convincing members as to our issues with respect to fundraising, with respect We've to got fitness, to hang on, Hang on one second, Army. we got to take a quick break. I want uh, one more question for you when we come back about the next steps and what people can do to help. Army Dillon joins us right now. She, of course, running for chair of the RNC. And, and uh, the big news, the big story about President Trump and, of course, the subpoena dropped there in the House. Back with more right after this, the Glenn Beck Program. Well, we had it rough in Michigan, but it just was it was all over. That red wave was a bit of a red trickle in some ways, although we did get the house. Um, the, one of the things that I heard, particularly the day after the election, was the disparagement of the folks just feeling um, just like like hopeless. Some folks saying I'm never voting again. Harmy Dillon with us right now running for chair RNC. Um, let me ask you, what do you do to encourage folks to stay engaged in the process and make sure that they do make a difference? Well, the first thing you do is be responsive to their demands by changing the leadership of the party. You renew your commitment to our core principles and values, which we don't hear a lot. We haven't heard a lot about over the last few years, but hey, we have a party platform that lays out, you know, pretty, pretty detailed, you know, sort of principles and policies that we would like to see accomplished. You encourage candidates to run who are consistent with those policies. You, you know, you kind of, um, you get back in those communities. Now, you know, the chair has tried to reconnect uh, with, with, or connect actually for the first time with some communities who haven't voted Republican by putting community centers in, you know, ethnic neighborhoods. And, you know, that's sort of a step in the right direction, but you kind of only reach so many people that way. I think we need to just, you know, really be having a having a commitment to some core principles that attract people of all different backgrounds. And the more messengers we have of different backgrounds, young people, for example, is a huge category that our party has virtually ignored. In fact, you know, the fact that some of my friends and are active in Turning Point USA and are supporting me for chair has led to a backlash against young young republicans believe it or not you know mm. and so you know the, the which is crazy those are the future voters those are the ones who are most likely to vote democrat and it is actually so inexpensive to reach those voters through the use of tactics like like young social media influencers you know if you and the democrats use them you've seen these goofy goofy videos of these you know goofy you know left-wing and people in the white house of being this, you know, TikTok mm -hmm. influencers and mm -hmm. Instagram influencers. When you compare the cost of 
having a stable of young communicators on your team compared to what we spend on advertising and direct mail and other like old school garbage that isn't really working, it would be uh, a game changer if we actually, instead of, you know, like looking down on these young people who want to get involved and want to see some change in the party. How about if we involve them? I love that. I love that idea uh, of engaging these people because they are waking. We've got a lot of young folks that are very engaged and are waking up and they are very uh, concerned about the future of this country. And, and they, uh, I, I think there's a big movement happening. So I, I appreciate the idea there. Harmeet Dillon, I want folks to, uh, we got to wrap because I know you got to move, but so do we, but where can folks find you? Uh, online and, and connect. Twitter, I'm at at T-N-J-A-B-A-N. My website for my campaign is uh, Dylan, D-H-I-L-L-O-N F-O-R-R-N-C dot com and, and thank you for any support. God bless. Appreciate you being here with us today. Harmeet Dylan. we're back in just moments talking to you. Biggest stories of the year and predictions still yet to come for the new year. 888-727-BACK. You can join the Glenn Beck program next. The Glenn Back Program. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. That's eight 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 seven two seven Beck. Justin Barkley in for Beck today on the Glenn Beck Program, and I want to hear from you. We give you a little bit of a time here at the end of the year, the last show of twenty twenty two. And I'm, I'm in some ways, because it's Friday too, so in some ways, I'm handing the show over to you. So I want to hear from you. Biggest story of the year. Maybe it's a story that didn't get the notice, the attention that it should have. But you believe, biggest story of the year. Uh, also looking for predictions coming from next year. Any that you want to add? Uh, uh, it's hard to tell. <laughs> what? Anybody ask me all types of what's going to happen here? What's going to happen there? And I always say, I mean, I don't know. I know God is on the throne, though. And that's the only certainty I have these days. In fact, I'm not even sure what this way is. Merry Christmas. Did you say Happy New Year? What do you say during this time of year? A lot of uncertainty this time of year. Not really sure. I'm not the only one. In fact, if you saw this, just uh, a little bit before the break here last week. Nancy Pelosi, also very unsure what to say. Strong bipartisan, I vote. Yield back the balance of the, my time and wish everyone a happy, healthy, and safe New Year. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Schwanza. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> Wait, Whatever what? it is you celebrate. Happy, happy Schwanza. Merry Christmas. Happy Schwanza. Happy Hanukkah. <laughs> Whatever it is you celebrate. Happy Schwanza, folks. Maybe that's what we should stick with. What day of Schwanza is it? Does anyone know? I'm not I'm not up on my Schwanza festivities, although maybe I'll see if I can look that up. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K Beck Samuel in Virginia called earlier, tried to get him back on. He said that biggest story of the year. I, I tend to agree. It's got to be some, maybe that border crisis in some way. Samuel, but you also had a prediction too for us? Yeah, so um, I, I was going to say that the, I think the border crisis probably is one of the biggest um, topics and storylines of this year. Um, kind of like what Nikita Khrushchev of the Soviet Union said years ago, that we'll take America from within without firing a shot. And I believe mm. that's kind of what's happening to America right now with 
the invasion at the border. But um, I'd say my prediction, though, for uh, 2023 is that we could potentially see a stock market crash the likes of which we've never seen. And I, by the way, I like what you said. God is on the throne and he uh, he's watching over all of us. So thank Amen. you. Amen. Hey, thank you. Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. Stock market crash bigger than the likes of anything you've ever seen, he said. Write that down. Maybe we revisit these here come again next year and see if anybody. I, I hope not, but boy, I tell you, the financial uncertainty, that is a big theme for what we're seeing uh, unfolding right now, but also on the horizon. Kevin in Tennessee, triple eight seven two seven Beck at eight eight seven two seven B E C K. Biggest story of the year, and maybe a prediction. Kevin, you're on the Glenn Beck program. Hi, uh, good morning, Justin. You're sitting in my hometown for forty five years, but I got out of there because I couldn't stand the politics of uh, what's happening in Michigan. You can vote Republican on your side, and the other side takes over, and then they win. My my biggest story for twenty twenty two is how the red tsunami turned into just a trickle and they became way overconfident and they were infighting so much with McConnell, not backing the senators and spending his money. And he's part of the cabal up there that we need to get rid of. And my prediction for 23 is going to be the same thing that the Republicans will just turn right around and fall flat on their face because whenever they take charge, they don't know how to lead. And you've got and you see the fight already with McCarthy. He's nothing but another Ryan. So if we're sitting here looking at it now as Republicans, we're going to be shaking our heads, and the disappointment is going to be even greater in 23 because they they've proven in the past that they're just nothing but part of the swamp up there. And, and I tell my friends this, Justin, this biblically: when Christ, when Jesus died on the cross, the veil was ripped in the temple. Well, when Trump walked in. He ripped that veil where everyone could see it, what's going on up there in Washington, and it's just nothing but garbage pit. Mm. And the American public can see it, but I just cannot believe that once they hit their knees, and they weren't praying to God, they hit their knees, but now they got to get their faces pushed into the mud to really realize and wake up, like the last gentleman said, the border and the economy, the stock market, Everything is tumbling, but take a look at how they failed. The Republicans failed in this last election. They've got to change. And I like this. I like the gal you had on, uh, Harmony. Boy, I tell you what, that's what we need. Get rid of McDonald or Daniel, whatever her name is. And let's get some fresh young blood in there that wants to fight. And let's get our country back again. I don't know what it's going to take. But uh, he's right. God is on the throne, and that's the only thing we can really take faith in. Justin, thank you for everything. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to your brother. And Happy Schwanza, Kevin. Whatever, whatever that is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. That was uh, it's Nancy Pelosi's Holidays. thing. Merry Christmas, Happy Schwanza, Happy. <laughs> Yeah, Monica, whatever it is you celebrate. Yeah, whatever it is you celebrate. Happy. Sh <laughs> I'm sorry that Kevin uh, uh, ran off so quickly. My my question was because I think this is very important, but let me let me just pose this, and you think about it too. But what is 
He said much of uh, what's coming in the next year is much of what we've seen before. Maybe some of it gets, is going to get worse. Mm. How bad does it have to get? That was one of my questions. The day after the election was, you know, how bad does it have to get? We, what, what do you, what do you, what do you need to see here? <laughs> you know, everything, gas prices, everything, gas to groceries through the roof. And you thought, you know, like, I think folks tend to, maybe that was part of the issue with the, the red wave, not really, you know, showing up in the ways that uh, some thought it would. You thought, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, this is, this is, this is so bad. Things are so bad that, uh. There's just no way. There's no way that we're going to continue to elect Democrats. Folks, I'm in Michigan. All three. I, I called them the, the evil trinity. But all three of those of the trio that the Michigan, the governor, the attorney general, and the secretary of state, all three were reelected. And in fact, in the, the district that I'm in, a, a Democrat got elected for the first time. Time was it ever? Maybe, maybe ever, but in a long time, uh, in my in my congressional district, I just how I just how is this possible? How bad does it have to get? One of the things that I'll mention when you're talking about the big stories, and I said, hey, I don't even know if you want to talk about what the biggest stories are of 2022. Maybe there's stories that we haven't heard yet or that we're not really paying close attention to. And the reason I brought that up is that this Twitter stuff that we're hearing, the FBI and the Twitter files and all that. I mean, if you're not familiar with it, Elon Musk buys Twitter and now is releasing detailed information, emails from behind the scenes that show and uh, that basically reveal that our, our speculation. They were censoring uh, conservative voices. They were deplatforming folks. They were they were banning people. They were shadow banning on accounts. The the Hunter Biden laptop story. They were causing that to not go out and course make it out anywhere. That, that's another issue, right? But they were working not only that. We're working behind the scenes with the government to make it happen. The FBI. My question about this is, does the average person even know that this happened? You go out of the street. You talk to a few people. You take a poll. Do they know that any of this actually took place? Are they hearing it? If a tree falls in the woods, so to speak. Well, if the story happens, but... It's not getting covered anywhere else. And I'm sure that the government, the FBI, whoever it is, I'm sure that they have nothing to do. This thing that happened at Twitter was only at Twitter. It wasn't happening at Facebook. Oh, come on. Now, just, just, you're a conspiracy theory. You're a tinfoil hat wearing conspiracy theory. So you think it was happening there or anywhere else? The networks are mainstream media newspapers, et cetera. Uh, and, and, <laughs> you know. You're spreading that dangerous disinformation. But are, is anybody hearing these stories? Of course, you are. You're plugged in. You want to hear these stories. Talk radio, big for that. The podcast is streaming. I think some of the word is getting out. In fact, alternative media, you might call it, becoming more and more powerful. But yet, 
has it quite reached the tipping point for folks to wake up? In other words, my question, how bad does it have to get? More coming up, plus your calls, 888-727-BECK, 888-727-BECK. Barkley and for Beck today on the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. Miss a day, miss a lot. Visit blazetv.com today and never miss a moment of truth. You can connect with me at justinbarclay.com, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y.com. Send me a message and, of course, uh, find me all over the place there. But I I, I got to mention um, the news. It just doesn't stop. This is a, this is a thing. It used to be this time of year you'd have all these, you know, puff pieces and all this, like, best of the year type thing. But they are working overtime. News doesn't stop. Well, that's why we're here and, of course, the blades.com where you – well, you get all these stories. The story about this Andrew Tate guy, and then this is, if you don't know who he is, you'll be hearing a lot about him, I'm sure, in the coming days. And him and his brother arrested in Romania. This is a former Ultimate Fighter and a businessman, I guess. And they say now alleging, the reports are, arrested in some sort of trafficking, human trafficking sting, and, and they, who knows what the truth on anything is anymore. Uh, but there are folks on both sides of this uh, skeptical and then yet uh, people that are just because he was such a controversial figure and at one point canceled on social media for saying the wrong things, you know, of course. And um, and then and those folks are just absolutely ecstatic. But it's just really strange to watch some of this and the proceedings now happening in a Romanian court. They're trying to decide whether they're going to continue to detain him and his brother, Andrew Tate and his brother for, what, uh, 30 days. So we'll find out uh, what that looks like. 888-727-BECK, another big story, and then to wrap up the year. Uh, but before we do that, let me go to Jamie, who has some information. We just found out that we are celebrating, uh, it, I don't know, one of the days of Schwanza right now. Schwanza, Nancy Pelosi, of course, making a happy point. Happy Schwanza, happy Hanukkah. Happy Schwanza, I don't... The happy Hanukkah. I don't, what is Schwanza? What, what? Christmas, happy Schwanza, happy. <laughs> what, what is Schwanza? And what day are we on right now? I think Jamie may have some information for us on this. Jamie in Virginia, what day of Schwanza are we on? Well, happy Schwanza, Justin. Uh, it is the time we celebrate home food delivery services, also known as Schwanza. <laughs> now, today is the yeah. fifth day of Schwanza, where uh -huh. we celebrate chicken and broccoli. Okay. It's a healthy alternative, seeing as tomorrow is Pork and Black Eyed Peas Day. Oh, okay. Uh, it should be commended for her Schwanza affirmation. Nestled in between Christmas and New Year's and just after Festivus, it's widely forgotten. Yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, good for her because, you know, some of these folks are marginalized that, uh, that celebrate this day. Jamie, I appreciate the phone call. Thank you very much. See, the, the guy that did, delivered the Schwan guy, right, that delivered the frozen food, that's... That's that's beautiful. Jerry in Florida up next on the Glenn Beck program. Jerry, what's the biggest story of the year and maybe a prediction for us? Well, I, I think the, the FBI colluding with uh, Twitter and Facebook and all the other tech giants to circumvent the First Amendment, uh, that's got to be the biggest story. I mean, if that's not treasonous, I don't know what is. 
as far yeah. as a prediction, and you can take this to the bank. This isn't just a prediction. This is what's going to happen. The Republicans are going to have all kinds of hearings. They're going to lay out everything that the FBI and the Democrats did. And it's going to be people will say there's no way these people aren't going to jail. And then nothing will happen. In fact, McConnell will try to get the people in, in uh, the House arrested for even asking questions about this. Uh, Jerry, I hate to say it, but I... <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be pretty accurate. I might want to buy a lottery ticket or something today while you're at it, Jerry. Jerry from I knew, Florida. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were going to say that, but this this is just history. This is going to be a great big dog and pony show. Mm -hmm. Oh, and, and I, my prediction for 2024 is Biden is going to get rid of Harris and bring Fetterman in, and, and uh, <laughs> they'll get 160 million votes instead of the 80 million because the Democrats always double down. Wow. All right. Well, thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. There you have it. Uh, Jerry going all in on predictions. Um, and, and by the way, I love doing this. Maybe we'll revisit these uh, next year if I'm um, at the honor of filling in again last show of the year, the Glenn Beck program. Stay up to date with all of it, theblaze.com and, of course, glennbeck.com. You can get the podcast of each show and more wherever your podcasts are found, Glenn Beck. Com. Connect with me, justinbarclay.com. In for Glenn today. Barclay. In for Beck on the Glenn Beck program. This is the Glenn Beck program. Christmas, or we could still say that. Nancy Pelosi says Schwanza, whatever you're celebrating. Uh, folks are putting the wraps on this year of the Glenn Beck program. And of course, the honor of filling in for Glenn today, I'm Justin Barkley. We've got a great guest lined up for you. Your phone calls as well as we're asking a couple of questions. One, what's the biggest story in 2022, whether it's being talked about or not? And two, what's your prediction for the next year? Love to hear from you. Triple eight. 727-BECK, 888-727-BECK, and joining us, General Michael Flynn on the Glenn Beck Program right after this. And your calls, too. Welcome back to the Glenn Beck Program. By the way, my name's Justin Barclay. You want to connect with me? You can do that at Justin Barclay, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y dot com. The news doesn't take a break. And, of course, uh, neither do we here. And apparently um, there is more. Theblaze.com breaking on some of these big stories today. Some of the biggest stories for 2022. 
I'm asking you what you think they might have been. And, of course, do you have a prediction for the coming year? We'll talk about those. We've got more phone calls coming up. General Michael Flynn joins us now on the Glenn Beck Program. General, thanks for, uh, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Uh, thanks for having me, Justin. Appreciate it. And Happy New Year to you and your audience. Thank you, you too, uh, General. Let me let me ask you. I want to start with this. Your background. I had a chance to hear you speak a couple of weeks back and and talk about a, a few things. You were talking with folks who are uh, in uh, in media, alternative media, covering things. And and uh, one of the things that you guys were talking about was discussing how you can verify when information is coming in. And I think this is so important. There there are a couple of different reasons for it. But number one, um, there's so much out there. How about the real disinformation? We hear that word and phrase thrown around so much, but we're in the midst of a bit of a, a psychological operation, it feels like. I know you've got a background there. Uh, you know, Glenn always tells us to do our own homework. Well, how do you, when you do that, how do you know what to believe? Who do you trust? And how can you verify some of the questions? I want to start with that. Wow. Uh, well, I, you know, the first thing to do is to really understand where you're getting your information from. And I think that a lot of people, you know, there's many, many millions, in fact, actually still just read the headlines. They, they, they don't go any further than the first or second paragraph. And they read their, uh, usually their hometown uh, news, so to speak, because people still want to understand, you know, they want to know who's, who's doing well in sports or who's, you know, what the obituaries are. But there's so much information that is now available. It shows like this. And, and some of the people that were in that audience that you and I met at uh, a couple, about a month or so ago, these I call them the indies, the independent podcasters that are out there that have really, really risen in the last couple of years, uh, citizen journalism. And uh, what, what has happened is we've, we have a, a mainstream media in the country that has really just been been so bought off by the corporate world and they parrot uh they just they continue to just parrot sort of this this psychological uh operation that we are all finding ourselves within and it is truly a war of narratives and you know and and, and you know if you want to more precisely define it it's fifth generation warfare and it is a war of narratives and there are uh, a lot of distractions, and I would, you know, it's sort of, you know, distractionization, if you will, if that's a word. And the idea about distracting the populace to believe something that is not necessarily true uh, is is a very real uh, endeavor that's been done to the United States, particularly the U.S., over the last few years. And we absolutely have a psychological operation being directed against the United States of America. And that psychological operation is in the, is in the, the form of, of things like, you know, trust the science, right? The, the phrase trust the science, uh, danger to democracy. You know, this, this person or this act is a danger to democracy. When in fact, what, we, what we're starting to see and what we're learning, especially as more brave courageous whistleblowers or other doctors or other religious leaders or other, frankly, citizen leaders stand up and step up and then and start to speak out. We're starting to see the truth uh, really rise to the top, as it typically does. And one of the phrases that I use, Justin, is that the truth fears no enemies and that and the truth will always come out. And, you know, it's the whole issue. If you 
if you tell the truth, you don't have to worry about, you know, the story. If you have to tell the story again, you know, a month from now, because it's going to be the same story. Whereas, a, you know, a lie has to be constantly shaped and formed. And that's what's been happening to the American people over the last few years. And this, this, uh, it's, it's really a, a form of sort of hybrid, irregular, unrestricted warfare. But it's at the end of the day, it's, it's what I call fifth generation warfare. And, uh, and we, we, the people of the United States, are, are, we've, we've, been, uh, we've been talked to as though and, and caused to have our neighbors as our enemies when our neighbors are not our enemies. You know, it's not about Democrats and Republicans. It's about the American way of life. And there is a higher uh, order of people, this sort of globalist elite crowd that does exist, and they're very real, and, they, and they're very public, they're very in our face, and they have every intent on destroying the fabric of the United States of America for their own, for their own uh, means. And, um, and I think that it's, you know, we, I think people have to really pay attention to what, what is happening. And, and the idea about, you know, like I, I keep saying, going back to fifth generation warfare, you know, it's evolved from the sort of the overlap of, of all the different aspects of hybrid, irregular, unrestricted warfare. And the, and the Chinese wrote the book on, on unrestricted warfare. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, the, and the idea is to affect the belief system of civilians in a, in a civilized society. So we just have to be cognitive of it. We, got, we have to pay attention. We have to do our own research and, and uh, really, really be discerning as to what we're going to believe. Uh, General Michael Flynn joins us right now. You mentioned uh, before, General, too, that, that uh, when you're getting stories or you're hearing things from people and we're spreading, obviously it's one of the things that we wanted to do is, is, is to share the stories in a lot of ways that people won't hear anywhere else. One of those stories is with Twitter right now. What's what's happening inside, what's been coming out, the things that we have suspected for a while now, Elon Musk is revealing inside of Twitter. Not that he's anyone who should, should necessarily be celebrated in every way, but it, there is some things coming out on, on Twitter right now. But my question is, people even going to hear these stories unless we share them with each other. Um, so that's a whole nother thing. But when you're hearing even some of this stuff, you know, you can hear it from a neighbor or for a friend or family member or somebody that you might trust. How do you know if they've got the, the right and the real information? Uh, what do you do there? Well, first, first Twitter and the, and the Twitter files and all the stuff that's being exposed. Not no one, no one that is that is breathing should should be surprised about yeah. what we're learning about <laughs> what was going on at Twitter. And it's probably the same thing that's going on at Facebook and some of these other large social media uh, woke corporations. So nobody should be surprised. The things that we are learning, and, and it's basically, again, it's kind of back to what I just said. You know, we, we uh, now, now want, in, as Americans, we want accountability. So I, I, I appreciate what Elon Musk has done. I would like to see him. He should hold accountable some of these people that were at Twitter. And he should bring, you know, if he if he has the ability to to uh, to you know at least publicly shame them, he should, and he's doing some of that, and that's fine. But we now need uh, uh, a person like Elon Musk, who has extraordinary influence, to start to demand from the U.S. government that they start to investigate what happened, because you know the one thing that that we have now learned 
is that the Federal Bureau of Investigation, you know, our illustrious FBI and elements of our DOJ and then elements of our intelligence community, particularly retired, uh, um, you know, heads of the of the intel community, the Department of Defense, you know, the, the infamous whatever it was 51 that signed off on the letter saying that the Hunter Biden laptop was was uh, Russia was a was was Russian misinformation. Yes. I mean, we have now learned, excuse my Irish, but we've now learned that it's all and we and we've always known that I've known that the majority of people have always known it. Now we have it for real. There's no doubt it's black and white. So now what we should be demanding is we should be demanding accountability. And, and frankly, here's where, here's where we're at. We are not going to see accountability by uh, the department of, by this department of justice under this administration. We are not going to see, I don't want people to think, yep, they, they need to hold these people accountable. You know, this is where, this is where, because we did go through a recent election and, and we do have a, a new house of representatives and maybe, maybe the, uh, the, the uniparty will will suddenly wake up in, in Washington, D.C. and start to hold people accountable because the House, under new leadership, they can they can go after people. They can call them all in. I've been subpoenaed by the by the uh, January 6th unselect committee. You know, the, I mean, they just they just released the litany of people who were subpoenaed yesterday. Mm-hmm. So let's let's have a tit for tat, but let's hold people accountable, even if accountability is only publicly uh, uh, bringing these people in in front of in front of cameras. I don't want any more behind the door nonsense. I, the American people don't deserve this. Those people in Washington work for us. Okay, this is a republic form of government. They work for us. I want I want total transparency in everything that at least the House of Representatives is going to do because yeah. we know that the Senate is still controlled by the by the left. And frankly, you know, for somebody who, in terms of Twitter files, I mean, yeah, great. I, I'm, and I'm all for it. And I want, and I, I guarantee more stuff is going to come out and it's ugly. But we just had, I think it was what, 16 Republican senators sign off on a $1.7 trillion, <laughs> you know, they call it the ominous bill, the yeah. ominous bill, not the ominous bill. <laughs> That's going to destroy our economy. That's the next nail in the economic coffin of America. And, and now we're now we're at about 110 billion dollars from my my account to uh, money money U.S. taxpayer dollars going over to Ukraine, and and trust me, folks, Ukraine is one of the biggest distractions going on right now. Talk about a war of narratives and a war of distractions in fifth generation warfare. Distract over here with this potential war and a potential for nuclear war in Eastern Europe, which we have no business being part of, and yet we've got an invasion going on on our southern border. We have a chemical war in the, in the form of fentanyl that is, that is killing people across this country. And we have a biological war because we're about to have China send us over another, you know, China virus. And we know it. it it's already, it's being talked about already. So, you know, to, to take a step back and to take a, a deep breath, the American people need to understand that the leadership in Washington, D.C. is, is inept incompetent and corrupt and we are not going to get any more answers out of the people in washington dc general michael flynn 
Uh, Got to take a quick break, but I want to because you're on a roll. So I hate to I hate to stop you, but we got to take a quick break. We come back. I want to actually just mention about the January sixth committee. You had to go in front of the unselect committee. Um, we just heard some interesting. There's some things that just broke. I I just read a, came out about an hour ago. Some people are looking through some of the uh, the documents. I want to get your take on some of that, and uh, and of course more as we continue our conversation. General Michael Flynn. In with us right now, Barkley, and for back today on the Glenn Beck program, right back after this. Stand up! General Michael Flynn is back with us now on the Glenn Beck program. Justin Barkley in for uh, Glenn today, and the last and final show of the year. Uh, General Flynn, I just read this on Twitter. I want to get your take on this. It's uh, it's from Sean at uh, Davis at the Federalist. The tweet on the the afternoon of January 6th, Ray Epps texted his nephew about the events at the Capitol. I was in the front with a few others, he said. I also orchestrated it. We've got this as part of the, the uh, interview, I guess, that was done in, in the deposition here. What is your take on that? We never really heard much about who this Ray Epps guy was. And, uh, you know, a lot of folks have been pretty silent on this. Imagine this is something that we ought to know more about. Sean says, we wonder why we, he was never charged and why he's the only person whom Kinsinger and Cheney uh, will defend. What, what's your take on that? Oh, there's others that they'll defend, too. So my take on this entire thing for January 6th, this was a complete and total setup. And, and there are so many people that I've spoken to over the last couple of years that were there that day. And I've seen I've seen videos and I've seen pictures and photos of like a lot of Americans have seen of people being escorted in by cops of, thug, you know, thugs dressed in black and uh, and masked up and agitating. Uh, these are things that that are easily put together, easily organized in terms of, you know, when you know you're going to have a big crowd, all you got to do is have a small group of well-trained well-organized agitators and you get them in there and you do, you know, you do certain things and then, and then you allow for others to be part of it. And uh, a guy like Epps is one. And there's a few others who have yet to see the, the, the inside of a cell. And, uh, and yet we have people sitting in prison still. And I, and, and many of them haven't even seen, you know, a judge yet or haven't been charged properly yet. So, you know, I'm, I'm not going to take away from anybody that broke a window or, or, or went inside and did some stupid thing inside and damaged, you know, damaged property, or whatever like that. So, I mean, it's, you know, some of that stuff happened. But, but this entire thing is a setup. And, and I think that once, if, if the House, if the House of Representatives, the new House of Representatives, when they take over, if they have the guts, and we'll see, we'll see if they have the guts. I'm not sure if, if, if we have the right people in there. But if they have the guts, then maybe they'll, uh, they'll take responsibility and they'll really start to dig into that, and they'll tie it to the 2020 election uh, rigging of the 2020 election. They'll tie it to the the uh, the uh, way that the FBI and the DOJ, because I don't want to just blame the FBI, because the FBI is a subordinate of the DOJ, the, but the how the FBI and parts of the DOJ uh, helped to manipulate the uh, misinformation prior to the 2020 election to, in order to rig the election. I mean, I, you know, it's, I joke about this. And I don't mean to joke about it because it's very serious, but you know, when I talk to groups of people, I always ask, you know, how many of you uh, have, have uh, or bought a Build Back Better baseball hat at Christmas time for your family, right? If 81 million people <laughs> voted for this guy, yeah, yeah. Then, then there should be at least 40 million baseball hats out there. I mean, yeah. hat, let's just give 
Well, there's nobody buying. There's nobody buying build better baseball hats or build back better bumper stickers or T-shirts because it doesn't exist. It was all fake. And the guy that's in the White House, I call him Uncle Joe. You know, he is. He is a. He is a really. I mean, we can say what we want in terms of the constitutional process that got uh, Biden and Harris into the White House, but now we know through the through the Twitter files that now we know that the entire thing was a setup. Mm. And the and the 2020 election was rigged. So who who's going to hold anybody's feet to the fire? Who General, do that. It's supposed to be an independent Department of Justice. Yeah. And frankly, right now, Justin, we don't have that. General, I I don't know if you've got the time to hang. Uh, can you hang after the break for a few minutes? We got one more question, and folks are asking maybe a little hope and encouragement. If you can, we'll keep you uh, through the break. Does that work for you? Sounds good. Okay, General Michael Flynn with us, and uh, he's kind of on a roll. General, some people listening thinking you maybe ought to run for something. I, <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. We're continuing this conversation. Of course, biggest stories of 2022. We'll talk to you about that as well coming up. And the predictions for 2023. The General's already made a few of his own. But one of the questions that, that I'd like to hear is, uh, what do you do now and we often hear this this phrase trust the plan and his name comes up around this quite a bit so do you trust the plan what does the general say back after this the Glenn Beck program We have a little bit of breaking news here. A suspect has been arrested in the murder of the four students there in Idaho. 25-year-old suspect in custody after being arrested in Pennsylvania. Uh, I guess Scranton? A man in his mid-20s arrested by police and the FBI around 3 a.m. Suspect appeared in court this morning, reportedly a college student, but did not attend University of Idaho. And the bars on the details now but uh continue to keep you updated check the blaze.com for the latest barclay in for beck today in the glenbeck program general michael flynn we continue our conversations he joins us now on the glenbeck program uh general uh, you, you've been a wealth of insight and we really appreciate you for joining us today and, and talking about uh some of the different things that you've shared with us one of the questions that folks are wondering is uh this question of one of the, the phrases that we hear quite often which is you know, trust the plan. Is there a plan? And should we trust it? I've heard you talk about this before, and I thought maybe it'd be a good idea to have you uh, explain. Well, well, yeah, so before I forget, I just want to say to you, Justin, thanks for having me on, and to, and to uh, you and the entire Glenn Beck uh, audience, just had, I wish everybody a really happy 2023. Now, in this issue of, of trust the plan, there's a lot of a lot of uh, of noise out there uh, in in from a lot of these independent podcasters and a lot of people in social media that talk about this trust the plan. The, the, you know what the plan is, Justin? It's you and I on this show today talking about what America is. You know what's good about America, what is great about America, and what do we need to do about the kinds of things that we are facing. That's the plan. The people of this country are the plan. 
The people of this country have always been the plan. The founders of this country designed this country from the bottom up. And, and it's always about involvement, citizen involvement. That's the plan. All this nonsense that you hear from people about, well, there's a plan and, you know, Trump is in charge and the military is in charge. It's all nonsense. It's all BS. If, if that were the case, if there were some miraculous thing that was going to happen, why would we allow our country, whoever, so whoever's, whoever wrote that stupid plan and whoever, whoever it, you know, talks about it, why would we allow our country to be, I mean, just utterly destroyed economically, financially, uh, you know, physically with this invasion of our southern border? Uh, I mean, there's so many things that are, that, that are happening to this country in the last two years alone. And so if there was a plan, boy, it's a really, you know, I don't want to use any, any foul language on your show, but it's a, it's a lousy plan. So as far as, I can, as far as I'm concerned, I'm the plan. You're the plan. The people of this country are the plan. And I tell people, stand up, step up, and speak up, and get involved in your communities like you've never been involved in, it, in them before. But, you know, the plan, the plan is, for, is for moms, principally women, who have children and are trying to raise children, and they're getting involved in this, in this madness of critical race theory being taught in our schools or, or this idea of transgender uh, you know, studies in elementary school or this idea of, of allowing children to make decisions about abortions in this country still, even though the, the uh, Supreme Court finally ruled after 50 years that, uh, you know, that it was a state's rights issue and people need to be thinking about it. I mean, it's all these aspects of who we are that people need to understand. And so, you know, we have to sort of stop hiding behind this mask of political psychosis that we find that is just totally consuming us. And, you know, we are a, a principled nation. We're a structured nation. We still have elements of the rule of law. It doesn't feel that way at coming out of Washington, D.C. Uh, I, I want people to really uh, to cherish the fact that we have local law enforcement still in our country. We're the only country on the planet that has that. So I, I want people to understand that it's you and I and how, and what, you know, how we take control of our lives and how we get in, in uh, how we get involved in our communities at the local level. And I use the phrase local action equals a national impact, but it's, it's now, now is the time. I'm actually, I feel blessed to be alive uh, right now during this very historic time in our country. I, I have been through five lifetimes in the last five years, you know, with all of the, the madness that I have gone through. But I'm still standing here, and I'm still standing here because of, principally because of a couple of things. But number one is my faith, and number two is the strength of my family. And those are the two things that I will continue to fight for when I, you know, sort of move out smartly and, and, uh, and go forward in life. And I think that that's what I want people, your listeners, to do. And, and as we go into the year 2023, this is going to be a very, very exciting year. And we have the American people, for all the listeners that are in politics, that are in some office right now, state or federal office, for all of those that are listening to this show, trust me. The American people have high expectations, and you better perform. So, again, I just want to say to you, Justin, and, uh, and to Glenn, and to your audience, I wish everybody a happy new year, and, uh, and Godspeed. General Michael Flynn, thank you for taking the time. General, we appreciate uh, your courage, and, um, and thank you for sharing with us today. 
Where can folks keep up with you, I, General? I, I know that, uh, listen, Twitter's back, Elon's back, and I saw somebody actually mentioned you, you, you earlier to say, hey, please restore the general. Where can people stay in touch with you if they'd like to stay in touch? Yes, please, please. Uh, Je- they can go to generalflynn.com, generalflynn.com, and, what, and my, my latest uh, uh, bestseller, uh, national bestseller, is The Citizen's Guide to Fifth-Generation Warfare, Introduction to 5GW. And people can go to generalflynn.com and... Uh, and uh, purchase a copy there, and they can help me out as well as learn a lot about what we're going through. General Flynn, thank you, sir. Appreciate you. God bless. Up to you. Uh, it, it is a hard, sometimes it is hard to hear the truth, right? But a couple of weeks back when I saw the general speak, and I and, and sometimes the truth just, it just, oh, man. Even though it's tough to hear, it uh, it is refreshing. It's like an ice cold sip of water on a hot summer day, especially in the desert of, of truth that we're wading through these days. But I heard the general comment, and I heard particularly uh, the, that bit that he that he mentioned about the truth. And I immediately, when I came back. I shared uh, with some folks in my audience, I, I said, look, I, I got some things to tell you. There are a lot of folks, and I hear these questions that I would trust the plan and that this is going to happen and that's going to happen. I see and hear everything because people send it all to me, and I appreciate that. And one of the things I try to do, though, is use a bit of discernment. Yes, there's experience and the wisdom and things like that, but a bit of discernment. Um. That's that's just part of my faith, but to, to try and understand what's true and what is not. And when I heard him talk, and particularly say, "Look, uh, there is no plan. You got your popcorn and all that. That this is designed to make you sit on the couch and and not be participants and active in what has to happen in order to turn the tide here in this country." And we need you. You are the plan. In fact, the founders, as he just mentioned, the founders made you the plan. In fact, I believe God has a plan. And you and I and everyone else are a part of it. We are called to walk in whatever capacity that it um, that it is that that we are uniquely designed, created to walk in. The question is, will we? You know, each one of us has our own set of gifts. We each have our own set of special skills, maybe experiences that we've developed or gone through through life that prepared us for this very moment. You and I have been uniquely prepared and called for this very moment. And as he just pointed out, General Michael Flynn just pointed out, I think it's a very good, great way to look at things here. Maybe, I know, (laughs) I know that, um, gosh, you look at things and you certainly don't get excited, but maybe we ought to get excited that we are here for such a, time as this that we have the opportunity to show up at this moment in this nation's history at this moment in time and walk out through our faith 
whatever it is that we might be called to do. Now, I know that is easier said than done. But I pray that God would give me, you, and the rest of us the courage to do it. Back in just a moment. Barkley and for Beck on the Glenn Beck Program. The Glenn Beck Program. Glad for back today in the Glenn Beck program. What an honor it is to always be able to spend time with you. The best audience I think that there is. And I, I gotta be honest, uh, some of the smartest. So that's why I thought we'd wrap it today with some of these predictions for the new year and then maybe the biggest story of 2022. Your thoughts on that. I got an email. By the way, you want to send me a message or we can just connect either way. Justin Barclay, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y.com, Justin Barclay.com. Great place for us to do that. We're now hearing breaking news on the uh, the story out of uh, the Idaho, the suspect and the uh, the college kid Slade. Uh, they've arrested a suspect. They're going to have a news conference, press conference uh, this afternoon, 1 p.m. Pacific. The latest on that. Stick with theblaze.com for the details. But Jason says the biggest story not reported of the year is the assault on the trucking industry, specifically the independent trucker. California passed their law ending lease purchase contracts pushing drivers to either leave the state, find a company position, or pay higher costs to buy a truck outright. Soaring diesel costs. California banning the purchase of diesel vehicles by 2035. The FMCSA announcing they will be announcing rules on speed limiters on trucks in June or July. And my prediction is once speed limiters are introduced, the fabricated driver shortage will actually come true. Happy Schwanza, Jason says. <laughs> I know, nothing sounds, hey, by the way, nothing sounds happy about any of that. All right, Diane, appreciate you holding. Thank you so much, Diane. But I think you're, you've got one of the, probably one of the biggest stories of the year, too. And I wanted to make sure that we got you on. Diane in Oregon, you're on the Glenn Beck program. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to talk to you. Uh, yes, the overturn of Roe versus Wade is the biggest uh the biggest issue of of the uh, the decade, I believe, um, and my prediction is more of a need. We need after abortion care for post-abortive men and women. There are 64 mi- million babies lost. They go to heaven, but the men and the women are mm-hmm. stuck with an unresolved, complicated grief mm-hmm. because they are. They are intimately involved with the loss of their children by choice. Yeah. Um, I'm uh, one of the things that is 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 not widely known is pregnancy resource centers often do um, after abortion care in mm-hmm. the form of Bible studies and just walking alongside the women in their grief and their loss by choice and with. With 64 million babies lost, that's 128 million moms and dads. And um, then there's 60% of those abortions are coerced. That's how many of those 14-year-olds were taken by grandma and granddad who are looking back over their lives and saying, my God, what did I do? 
You know, I, I, I can't imagine. I pray for those folks. Diane, you make a really, uh, I think, a real powerful point. I know folks that are dealing with that, but through their faith and, and through those some of those ministries, they've been able to get some healing. And I, I, I appreciate your call this morning. I think that's something that we all need to to keep an eye on, uh, particularly uh, moving forward. Uh, but great, great points. Garrett in Texas, predictions for the new year and biggest story of the year. Garrett, you're on the Glenn Blake program. I'm actually in Minnesota, but it's okay. Okay. <laughs> we kind of look like Texas. We're a smaller boot, though. But anyways. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> anyways, um, no, uh, I think I, I predict that the Republicans will grow some kahunas and cut the spending that Joe Biden's outrageously, the $1.7 trillion bill that they just passed before. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, they, they need to. Definitely, I predict that they're going to grow some kahuna, though, and put an end to it, because that's just outrageous. Garrett, thanks uh, for the call. Tom in Missouri will go to him next. Biggest story of the year, Tom. What do you think? Well, actually, I got two. Give me uh, one, because we got 30 seconds. All right, well, okay, so I would say that uh, voter suppression and and cheating going on, just like the Arizona governor yeah. thing, there's mounds of evidence but yet it seems like nobody wants to listen anything anything going to come out of that you think you know what i'm not sure and yeah. i predict i predict this the next year that if we don't get new leadership nothing's going to change appreciate the call my friend thank you so much always an honor and a pleasure i i gotta tell you this audience is amazing i always uh i just cherish this Thanks to the folks back in Dallas who make it look and sound so easy. Appreciate you as always. Uh, always on top of things. Glenn Beck, back soon. Stand by next week, I think. So always a pleasure, folks. Justin Barkley, connect with me at Justin Barclay, B-A-R-C-L-A-Y dot com. I'm at Mr. Justin Barkley on Twitter and all those places as well. Happy New Year and God bless. This is the Glenn Beck Program.